Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast, where we exist to meet God, grow in Him, and serve through Him. Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast. I am podcast dictator Nathan Perdue, and seated across from me, freshly hydrated, is... Your royal subject, Derek Mayfield. Derek, I have an exercise in vanity for us right now. Oh, boy. I I have our, uh, our... plays our total plays up from the podcast okay. just looking at some statistics and this uh-huh. only gives us a little bit of information from Spotify okay. so the people who listen on Spotify who are 51% male and 49% female oh pretty con- okay one of our least reached demographics is from 0 to 22 So in an order to connect the youths a little bit more, (laughs) I've seen a, a (laughs) there's a, there's our, our two highest are 23 to 27 and 28 to 34. Uh So what I'm thinking is that's just you and I, right? We're just, we just (laughs) listen to it a lot. That's probably true. Oh yeah. Great job. We really like the sound of our own voices. Yeah. I don't use Spotify though. So I'm in the clear, um, not for podcasts i'm a right. podcast purist with apple podcasts i suppose oh, doesn't, ma- doesn't matter at all um but no in, in order to connect the youths i've seen a trend that i'd like to adopt in audio format rather oh, than video format and it's tell me that you're a part of celebration community church without saying you're a part of celebration community church i'll go first and this one is okay. not going to work too well in uh audio format, but perhaps <laughs> those that are true members of Celebration Community Church will know what I'm doing. Hi, I've got good news for you. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll follow it up with, uh, you know, how many ministers do we have in this room? Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we can wait all day if we need to wait until all those hands are raised. So those are some throwbacks, though, Nathan. That's not going to get the youth in. Those are, some, those are some throwbacks to the, the founding pastor, Pastor Kyle. Hmm. Those are good. That's solid. Um, the church isn't a, a building, but it's a movement. Ooh, Is that a yeah. newer one? That's good. Um, you know, that, that, uh, that large building up on the hill where the roof blew off a couple years ago. The topless the church. The topless church. That's going to get the youth in. That's right. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a running joke within the staff for a number of... No, that of... was a joke that Brant imposed on the that, staff. Okay, okay, that is accurate, but it has been a little bit of a running joke ever since <laughs> the roof blew off of the church. So, um, yeah, you got to make light of situations that are extremely that stressful. You're still, so. That you're still covering. You're right, that still, that still bring up some feelings of anxiety in me every time the wind starts to pick up. Yes, it, it's a little bit like sardonic, I suppose, but I'm every time there's like a high wind warning, I'm like, well, I wonder if I'm heading up to the church after this. <laughs> Hopefully the structural oh, engineering does not um, confirm that very uh, cynical thinking. You know, one thing we did when we put the roof back on is we 
upped the level of roof clips considerably above code because I told them we do not want to do this again. Never so again. It should Please. not happen again. Knock on this wood table. Is it wood? Or is it? It's probably fake wood, but it looks wood. Okay. It's the, it's the, thought <laughs> it's, that it's the best we have yeah. right now. Hey, you know what? It's the thought that counts as a perfect segue it into is. what we're talking about today. And we're actually starting like a new mini series called Church Essentials. This is just going to be a short well, you know us, we make a short story long, but a, a perhaps a, a theological resource for you when you have questions about a specific topic, whether that be about God or Jesus, the Holy Spirit, about church, about baptism or communion. Those are just a couple of the topics that, that we like to talk about, and we're going to start off with baptism today. Mm-hmm. Baptism is one of our church's essential practices of a Christian. We have two of them. Some other churches, for example, the Roman Catholic Church has seven. They call them sacraments. Right. Uh, we, I don't know that we use the terminology sacrament, so I like the idea of essential practice. Uh-huh. It's something that a Christian performs, a right. ritual, even though that that kind of sounds like witchcraft magic-y, and I don't right. think that it's necessarily that. I'm just talking about a, a thing that we regularly do mm-hmm. that has religious significance. So the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm just going to read what's on our website, what we display for the entire world to be able to see, and it says this. Following faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the new Christian is commanded by Jesus to be water baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself was baptized as a model to us and as a symbol of our new life in him. In the examples of baptism in the Bible, only those who were old enough to understand and accept Christ were baptized. We follow the examples by baptizing believers in the Bible. I guess there's the episode, right? There it is. We could be done now, but they, the listen, listeners know that we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Why stop there? when there's so many more things to unpack about that. And the first thing, let's just start really, really simply, because there's a lot to unpack in that little bit of text. And there are a couple of scriptures that are referenced, Matthew 8, 28, 19, which is the Great Commission, and Mm -hmm. then Acts 2, 38, which has to do with uh, what Peter is talking about after Pentecost. Uh, But what, what is baptism? What is it signifying? What is it accomplishing? Sure. So baptism in in the simplest form is is like like we talked about is a, a ritual using water and being immersed in water that that signifies a decision that you've made within yourself that you have made a commitment to um, accept Jesus as your savior you have received salvation through that decision to um, follow him and this act of baptism is an outward expression of that of a washing away of the old you and being born again in Christ um, as you come up out of the water. So there are layers of significance in this expression, and the first of which is going into the water. Uh And what does going into the water signify? You know, we we look at at water and, and see throughout Scripture that water is very significant in a lot of different um, ways. 
Um, but we see that water, one of the most important uses of water was kind of this ritualistic cleansing. Um, and and that has that has its roots all the way back in the book of Leviticus. If we jump into the the Old Testament and the Levitical priests would be required to cleanse themselves before and after performing their priestly duties. That would continue as ritualistic clean, cleansing in Jewish traditions. Um, and, and so what we see is we see that throughout Scripture, water is used as, as a way of, of cleansing ourselves from our iniquities, cleansing ourselves from our, our sins, our, our, our dirtiness, um, what separates us from God. And, and so it, it is just this, this almost metaphor way of using water um, as a significant um, part of cleansing yourself and making yourself clean and new and right before God. Right. And I think this is going to go a little bit further, but Uh I think it's such an interesting juxtaposition of water as cleansing agent Mm -hmm. to water as chaos. You know, when we talk about the creation narrative of Genesis 1, Mm -hmm. um, the Spirit of God is first hovering over the waters, and that Mm -hmm. signifies chaos and disorder. Mm -hmm. And the narrative arc of Genesis 1 is God creating order out of disorder. Right. So to separate the waters um, and to make the expanse called sky, right, where right. there's waters above and waters below, is he's mm-hmm. taking that water that is sig- signifying chaos and he's making something yeah. more ordered. And then he brings land, and then right. he brings uh, the land into fruition of, of mm-hmm. vegetation and then um, you know, flora and fauna, etc. cetera. Um, so I all, I, traditionally when I've heard about the act of going in and submerging, that's supposed to signify, wow, I'm really struggling with that word, signify our death with Christ, joining him in death, and then coming back out of the water signifies the clothing of Jesus' righteousness, um, the presence of the Spirit, and walking out in resurrection life. So yep. there is a little bit more going on there than just sure. like wash yourself and then get yeah. back up. Yeah, and and that and that is the change that we see in in the example of Jesus's baptism and the way that John the Baptist handled baptism is prior to John the Baptist all we see in in biblical or historical accounts is this ritualistic cleansing. But with John the Baptist, he he brought this this baptism of repentance. That is that laying down of our old self, of right. our our sinful nature, and saying and coming up again, um, like you said, clothed in in the righteousness of Jesus and this pureness uh, b- before before God. And so it definitely signifies um, that that decision, that that repentant decision of salvation. Um, that we receive through Jesus, and so yeah, that's that's definitely a, a change that we see um, actively happen throughout Scripture. Um, from you know, we, we talk about the old covenant and the new covenant. That Jesus replaced the old covenant of the sacrificial living, um, and and the way that we were made right before God in the Old Testament. What we see in those rituals is the sacrifice of of a lamb, of a spotless lamb, uh, but but Jesus is that perfect spotless lamb that was sent by God to be the ultimate sacrifice. And so 
as we see Jesus changing what's happening in terms of all of the rituals, of course, baptism, there's going to be a change as Jesus is introduced to the story. So I think that in a lot of ways, we have just questions about how baptism works. And those may have misconceptions based on what we've seen before, if we were at a different church or followed a different tradition, or if we're just brand new to the faith. So one of the first ones, and I'm sure it's one that you get asked a lot about, and Brant probably gets asked about as well, but why do we not baptize infants? Sure. Sure. Well, the the short answer to that is because when we look at the examples within Scripture, what we see is, is believer baptisms um, and not infant baptisms. Um, what we... What we see is, you know, we, we see Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple when he's young. And so um, the way that we've kind of incorporated that into the life of our church is, is a, a child dedication um, during a service. And so um, you'll see those from time to time here at Celebration where we'll just have a family come forward on the platform and the family will make a commitment that they're going to raise this child in a, a Christian home and teach them about God and the church family will make a commitment to help support that family in doing that uh, because we feel that was the the, the biblical um, example that was was set for us um, and and when we look at Jesus you know as we said in 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 our statement of belief Jesus himself was baptized and we feel as a model to us um, Jesus didn't need to be baptized because he had sin in his life. Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. And so he didn't need the regeneration that we talk about. He didn't need a baptism of regeneration. But he was setting an example for us that this is something that we can do to signify our commitment to to him and and this life um, of following him. And so... Right, um, he, he is baptized by John the Baptist. Right. In, in Matthew's gospel, he says something about it to fulfill all righteousness, right. right? So while Jesus didn't need the ritual cleansing right. that we talk about, he did so to fulfill his righteousness. Yes. So, um, yeah. Right. And so that that's where we come with the idea of we do baptisms for someone who can make that decision for themselves. Right. Because we're also told that in, in Scripture that they believed and were baptized. And so to us, if, if someone is, you know, 10 days old, they can't make that proclamation of believing in Jesus, right? They don't have the cognitive ability at that age to... To do that, and so um, you know, we don't set a specific age on this is this is when you're old enough to be baptized because we do believe that there's there's people at different ages who who are ready to make that decision. But what we do is is we have conversations with people um, to make sure that they're aware of what baptism is. We talk to them, um, we we give them information on what baptism is to make sure they understand that the the decision they're making does not save them. Um, that that baptism is not salvation. I know we'll get into that a little bit more, but um, that this is that outward expression. And by doing this, this is your opportunity to show other people and make this commitment even internally within yourself of the 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 old me I'm laying down and this new me that that has new life and is born again in Jesus is is how I want to live my life. Right. That's good. You've piqued my curiosity, honestly, and I know we don't have this, like, 
set in stone already. You mentioned something about like we don't specify an age, uh-huh. um, and this kind of. It, the way that I've gone about this in my mind is is thinking about an age of moral responsibility, right? Sure. So as listeners probably are already aware, I'm a relatively new um, in, father of an infant, uh-huh. and, um, you know, he's not morally responsible for anything that I would perceive sure. as annoying or unacceptable. Right. And... You know, we can see this reflected in our society as well. We don't let 10-year-olds drive. We don't let 16-year-olds vote. You know, there are these different ages where we say that morally ambiguous actions sometimes, like um, drinking alcohol or smoking or something like that, that's specified at a specific age. But there are also, like, societal rights. So... How do you, as as someone who's a pastor, this is more of a pastoral question, mm-hmm. though, how do you determine that moral responsibility that a person has has figured out, okay, I'm ready to be baptized? Yeah. So I, I want to come back to that because I want to I want to follow your what you just said there as a father, because you have a, an infant, I have a, a five-year-old and a nine-year-old, and um, baptism was actually a recent conversation in our household. Yeah. My nine-year-old is very um, intuitive. He's very smart. He's very like, he wants to know and understand everything. He's close to being able to make that decision for himself if he wants to be baptized or when he wants to be baptized. He pretty well understands and grasps the concept because when I say I'm going to be going, I'm worried about baptisms after the service or whatever, he's interested enough to ask that. My five-year-old, on the other hand, is 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 a little more just kind of... Um, expressive and 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 emotional and not not so much on the inquisitive side and but he still is you know well what's baptism so i talk about what is doing well maybe i want to be baptized and be like well do you you know you got to understand and know what that is and 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 be prepared to to make that decision okay, I don't want to be baptized, right? Like he's five years old. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he doesn't love Jesus and he's never going to want to be baptized. Right. The reality is just just from a, a, a cognitive perspective, that's just not a decision that he's... He, he's worried about, am I going to get to play with this toy for the next five minutes? He's not worried right. about anything that's going on. Much more temporally right. focused. Right, mm-hmm. I, I, exactly. And so, you know, I, I think that those are just kind of, kind of stair steps that we see, you know, to where, um, going back to your question as pastors, how do we... How do we determine that? Now, we're not we're not going to be these these strict dictators of making the decision yeah. for everybody, and you've got to prove everything to and us. Thank God you're not the um, arbiter of that right, truth. Right. Yeah. Thank God that this is not the the act of baptism is not the thing that determines right. salvation or not. Right. Because that's such a heavy burden, it both for the person who has genuine faith but hasn't ever had time or the community right. to be able to practice this with, and for the, the person on the other side who's saying, oh, my judge of character... Right, it just dictates yeah. salvation. Well, and, wow, and, that's, and a, also, that's a lot of responsibility to hold as a person. It is, and it also sets up that the only you know, like I could get baptized if I can just manipulate the situation enough or convince that one person enough, right? right? Like that's not what this is about. Right, this is about a personal decision you've made and and with Jesus. So, so what we will do is we will just ask, you know, let's say a a my nine year old son comes to me tomorrow and says I want to be baptized. I'm going to ask him, 
what is baptism? Do you understand what it is? And if he can explain baptism to me, okay, why are you choosing now to be baptized? If he can explain to me that, you know, I've made a decision to follow Jesus and it's my decision. I'm not doing it just because you're a pastor dad, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I love Jesus and I want to honor him with my life. Then we're going to talk about, you know, okay, well, what's that mean? That means yeah. that you're going to have to make some different decisions and maybe some of your friends will as you're growing up in middle school and high school. Right. And we'll talk about that. Are you sure you're ready to make that decision? And, and if, yeah, absolutely. If the commitment is there, then yeah. And if there's questioning in that, say it's okay. Like, if you're not ready to do, make that decision, that's okay because your salvation is not dependent upon being baptized or not. This is a decision you're make. If you're ready to boldly stand and, and do that, then then let's talk about that and you can fully understand what you're doing. And so again, that's where we, we want this to be something that a person is making that decision. They understand the decision that they're making and they're really committing to, to living that out. Because again, we don't want to just go through the, the motions of a baptism if a person is going to get baptized and then and then not change anything about themselves or not commit to any any sort of change within their life, then it's pointless, right? We're not right. doing something just to just to do the act. Like it's it's meant to be an experience for someone and you know, talking about um a day that they can look back on fondly as a day that they stood up for their faith and they and they proclaimed for people. You know, we encourage people to invite family or friends to come to their baptism so that they can be be uh, um, seeing what is happening and they're making right. this commitment in front of people that that mean a lot to them. Not only for the joy of the the ritual, yeah. but also for accountability. Sure, you know. This strikes an anecdotally like personal chord with me talking uh-huh. about like <laughs> our sons because I was baptized as a kid and looking back on it now, I got baptized to make my parents happy. Sure. Um, so possibly another question is, you know, can you be baptized more than once? And if you're <laughs> baptized more than once, does one of them not count? Or what, you know... What is it implying there? Yeah, this is a very common question um, that we receive at the church a lot as, as as pastors and staff, and a question that that quite honestly I um, kind of went back and forth on myself uh, because I grew up in um, a Lutheran church, and in the Lutheran church, babies are baptized; they have have right. have water put over their over their head, and so. I was baptized as an as an infant, and so from my perspective, when I very first started coming to celebration, when I very first got serious about growing in my faith for myself, you know, I, I would say that a lot of my middle school and high school um, commitment to the church was similar to what you just explained. It was to to because that's what my family did, and so right. um, not that I didn't learn a lot there, not that I didn't enjoy. Um, aspects of it, but it was it was because that's what I was was supposed to do. Um, and so when I started to figure that out for myself and kind of realized that oh, I've been baptized, but that's not really the way that celebration does it. To be just completely honest, I kind of bucked against that because I was like, well, wait a minute, I've already done this baptism thing, and right. and you're not going to tell me that that didn't count and that didn't matter. I've already been baptized. I don't need to be baptized again. Um, that was kind of my initial response, um, and not that anybody was fighting against me in that. That was kind of just my own personal struggle and, and thought process. And and for me, as I began to grow deeper, I started going to to seminary and and 
um, getting involved more here at the church and started to understand a little more about what the Bible said about baptism, I was like, not that it didn't count that I was baptized as a baby. What my parents were doing is they were committing to raising me as as Christians and and teaching me about God and and that was a good thing. It was not a bad thing and it wasn't this thing that didn't count, but I didn't make that decision. I hadn't decided to be baptized. I hadn't made that outward expression of a decision that I had made in my heart. And so for me, what I ended up doing is I actually, Brant, Pastor Brant actually baptized me in the hotel pool the night before I graduated from seminary. Yeah. And so for me, where where I ended up was, this is kind of like, you know, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, like we talked about, right before he really goes into his years of ministry. And so for me, I was like, this that was kind of this the... Um, solidifying thing for me yeah. was if Jesus was baptized right before he went into ministry, into his his years of ministry, who, who am I to say that I wouldn't need to do something similar, right? right? And so um, that was kind of the thing, like, okay, I need to I need to get baptized again because I didn't make that decision, yeah. just personally for me. So so I want to I want to ask you, Nathan. You said you were baptized as as a as a kid. Have you been baptized again? Yes, I have. Uh, I think I was baptized. It was a Palm Sunday, I think, four or five years ago. Uh-huh. It escapes me right now. But like you, I wouldn't say that that baptism was with the wrong motives. I think my parents were like permissive of me getting baptized because they wanted to raise me in a Christian home. Sure. They wanted to see that. I wanted to honor them by saying, yes, I agree to this. I don't think that I was morally responsible. I don't think that I understood what it actually meant to be baptized. So when I actually went out and started taking faith into my own personal responsibility and not just being under the tutelage of my parents, I said, no, I, I would like to do this this is air quotes, right? For real this time. <laughs> right. Not that like it didn't count or it was right. me being malicious toward the act, but it became real for me to say, no, I am surrendering my individual life for the life that God has planned for me. And and that meant something so much more. And just kind of summarizing as as we talk through this, you know, our church doesn't make that call. And I think right. that's a really good thing. It's super, super low church, as we were talking before, yeah. and I love that. The distinction low church and high church, high church is typically more structured. Right. Um, your more like traditional denominations yeah. are more high church. We are probably a little bit more low church, but it was your decision. Right based on what you had determined through your spiritual life. Mm -hmm. It was my decision through what I had determined in seeking God in my spiritual life. So when that became real, when I saw that evidence of the Spirit doing something actively in my life, I said, okay, I'm going to go do this to physically show what I think the Spirit has already done. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a good potential that someone listening to this is, has wrestled with some of those questions themselves yeah. that maybe oh, they absolutely. were baptized either as, 
as a as a baby or as a teenager or maybe in their 20s and then and then straight away for a while and have determined have been asking the question of whether to be baptized again or not and you know I, I think the 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 best advice I have for that is just look into to what is baptism what's the what's the reason for it um, and and be prayerful about it and again the reason that we say you know those those first baptisms for us didn't you know that they didn't count or whatever and we don't make that distinction is simply because baptism is not a salvation based thing yeah so, well salvation is not based on baptism and so because exactly of right. that it's not it's not this thing that we have to make this hard point of you can only be baptized one time because it's not a it's not a salvation thing right so now we're going to wade into the weeds, I suppose, yeah. because in the biblical witness, it gives us this... Uh, John the Baptist specifically gives us this um, foretelling of the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. He says, I baptize you with water now, but there is one coming after me um, who will baptize you in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. What is baptism in the Spirit? Does that have to do with our water baptism? Sure. How do we go about reconciling something like this? Do it, does it mean that I am looking for some sort of ritual with water and then some sort of other ritual? What am I doing here? Sure. Yeah. You know. And again, this is this is one that that we could we could spend a whole whole exactly. couple episodes right. talking about the the baptism of the spirit and just kind of different thoughts on that because there are a lot of different. Um, thoughts and, and different kind of um, ideas on this, but but from where we stand as a church and and what we see in Scripture is that that the Spirit is with us when we accept Jesus, that when we receive salvation, that you know Jesus promised to send a helper, you know that that He was going to heaven, but that there was going to be a helper that was going to come, and that helper is the Spirit. So we have God the Father, we have God the Son, and Jesus, and then we have God the Holy Spirit that that in essence is is the one that's helping to guide us and yep. and our um, direct us throughout our days as followers of Jesus. And so we are not told that we need to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit. We are not told that there is a second baptism of the Holy Spirit after your first baptism. Um, you know, there there is a lot of different teaching out there. There is there is teaching that says that baptism is is necessary for, you know, baptismal regeneration is is what it's called, that you have to be baptized to be saved. Um, that's that's not what Scripture tells us. Um, and so this, the same thing here when we talk about the, the baptism of the Spirit of, we are told that when we have accepted a relationship with Jesus, that there is a helper that is available to us, that is that is there who, who helps us and, and helps to guide and direct us. And so from, from our our views and our beliefs of what the the scriptures say, um, the spirit does not happen at baptism. Yeah, I think that it's so important to remember that people are trying. The differences in belief are are from people trying to really faithfully reconcile what is in scripture. Sure, this is in scripture where John says, "I baptize you with water, but right. there is one coming to baptize us in the spirit." Right. When we just think about the word baptism, when we remember that that's a verb that means to wash, right. to immerse, then we have to ask, you know, what is doing the washing? 
what is doing the immersion to us? Is it our actual act of skin breaking into water and then breaking out that is cleansing us before God? No, that's a function of the Spirit, right. like through Jesus' sacrifice, right? Yep. So the baptism of the Spirit, I, I would go so far to say it's at regeneration that right. the baptism of the Spirit occurs, right? Because the Spirit is the the being that is performing the washing, that's right. performing the immersion. Um, you know, I, of course, there are people who are malicious and mm-hmm. are trying to create power differentials, but I think it's important to realize that there are differences in opinion because people are trying really, really hard to take seriously what they see in Scripture. And though we may end up somewhere different, one of the good things about our church is is the fact that that baptism is largely on the basis of the individual pursuing that and trying to talk about the work of God in their life. There's an artist that I love that I follow on Instagram, and his name is Scott Erickson, and he Mm -hmm. says that human ritual is us trying to give a physical and a visual representation of the abstract things that God is already doing Mm -hmm. or has done in our lives. And I would would go so far when we say the it's an outward commitment of an excuse me, it's an outward expression of an inward commitment. Right. That's us performing an act yeah. to be able to signify what has already happened internally or abstractly, that, that God has done something. So the baptism, the actual ritual of baptism isn't quite necessary, but it's just showing us the practice that we do in order to tell others about it and to be accountable to others about it. Right. And and what you had just said about, you know, the the baptism of the spirit and the the verbiage of that being to wash and that that happens at regeneration at the accepting of Jesus that the Holy Spirit comes in and kind of washes us internally. That just adds even more to that that outward expression of an inward commitment, right. an outward expression of what has already happened internally. Internally, Jesus has entered my life and the Spirit has has changed me and I'm different than who I am. And because of that, I'm making a decision to be baptized, to lay my old self down in the water and come out new, right? To, to signify and be that outward expression of what has already changed inside of me. So for those individuals who are let me stop there because I'm sure that you have some other questions or misconceptions that we haven't already covered. Did you have any? You've you've prepared a a sermon for this, and I remember it a couple of months ago. Were there any other questions that you commonly get about baptism that we can just clear up in in this episode right now? Yeah, um, you know, I think we've I think we've covered a lot of them, but you know, just looking at you know the the question of why is why is baptism important. Why should we as believers be baptized? I, th- I think that just to kind of summarize a lot of the things that we've talked about, and maybe we've got into the, the deeper waters on some of this, but just to kind of simplify and, and, and summarize that baptism is, is kind of this, this foundational step for us as believers in, in Jesus. As followers of Jesus from the earliest of days, there has been this foundational step within the church of being baptized. Again, the outward expression of the inward change that has happened, and it has been been almost universally observed. Now, again, done differently. We have we have some that are infants and sprinkled, and we have some that are 
um, you know, baptisms of immersion the way that we do. And again, the method of doing that is, is again, an interpretation. And, you know, we have a baptismal up here at the church. We've also baptized people in a water trough for horses up here in the gym. We have baptized <laughs> people in a lake. We have yep. baptized people in a pond. We have baptized people in a swimming pool at a hotel, at an outdoor swimming pool in a backyard. Uh, Brant and I did a baptism um, not too long ago in a hot tub. And so, again, the, the method is, is, again, sometimes a personal thing because the hot tub was because it was with family in a, in a family place. And, and so, you know, they're, they're, that is not necessarily the key, again, um, but what we do see is very consistent. There's one I referenced in that message a while back was the what I would call the WWE style of baptism that was the pastor body slamming someone three yes. times, um, once for the Father, once for the Son, once for the Holy Spirit in the water. And so, um, you know, maybe we need to up our baptism game a little bit, Nathan, but... Um, you know, it, it has been foundational, um, across, um, the, the faith of followers of Jesus. Um, and, and, and as we said, because Jesus did it, but it's also commanded to us, like you said, in, in, in the great commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So as Jesus is leaving the earth, what does he say? He gives some directions to his followers. And one of those directions is to baptize people. And so if it was important enough for Jesus to mention at, at one of his last times on earth, then it very much is important enough for us to acknowledge and have as an essential thing that we do at our church. Right. It's important to note that Christians weren't the only ones that were baptizing, yeah. but in the time of Jesus, even Greeks were were doing baptism, and it was the sig this this significance of it was to show that you were joining a new family, right? right? When uh, when Jesus says that we should be baptized. We're joining a new family, right? right? We're joining the family of God, starting at Pentecost and carrying on however many years we go. So we're united with brothers and sisters, irrespective of our age, of the time and history that we are. So we get, we get to belong to something bigger. And I think that you're, you're absolutely right to remember that the, the method— is not as important as the mindset. Right. Uh, two of the the things that legitimize faith in my mind, you know, we've mentioned before that I'm a very doubtful person, mm -hmm. um, but I hold on to these really five to ten things that I've either heard or experienced that really root me down into um, into the faith. And the yeah. first one is, you know, we were talking in a jest about uh, Pastor Kyle, but he shared with me a picture of a man named James Cryer, mm -hmm. who was, I believe, an inmate at a prison that he had recently been released, and pa Pastor Kyle was talking to him at a hotel right next right. to his church. And James said, hey, there's a pool right there. Can I go get baptized? Mm. 
that was a legitimate profession of faith. Right. And I love that. There's another story of a guy who came a couple of years back named Tommy Green. And mm-hmm. Tommy Green is this uh, vocalist in a metal band. And they were in Brazil playing a show. And afterwards, they typically make it a statement to go and hang out with their fans. And, and they were hanging out with fans and, and people were professing faith in Jesus. And they looked around and they found a trash can. Mm. And they filled up the trash can and they started baptizing people in the trash can. Right. Now, the a lot of us would kind of like recoil at that, but yeah. that's a profession of authentic faith. Yeah. That I will I will get in this thing that is probably disgusting. Right. And in order to signify how real my my faith in this is. Yeah, I think it's there's... just a beautiful thing to remember. It really is, and in both of those both of those examples, Nathan, the thing that really strikes me is, I can't wait any longer. Like, yeah, I'm I'm serious about yeah. this. Let's do this now. Let's yeah. let's get baptized right now because I don't I don't want to wait any longer. Um, you know, and there's there's such beauty in that. So, for the person who's listening, mm-hmm. who has potentially waited, yeah, um, and there's no shade in that. You know, I, I in all of these questions. We, we want to make meaning out of our lives. That's yeah. what humans do. And sometimes we get into this thing where if I just think the right way or mm-hmm. do the rituals the right way, then God will love me more. Yeah. God's love is prior to this. Yeah, like absolutely. It is a, the most ubiquitous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world. Right. There's no condition on that. Right. It's, it's the prerequisite that he gave his son. Right. That we believe. So when when we think that we've got it wrong and we're trying to disqualify ourselves or other people, it's God is far more forgiving and yeah. gracious and loving than we ever are. Right. Um, but for the person who who maybe has been on the fence about baptism mm-hmm. or has has waited and now wants to make that decision about being baptized as a part of our, our church family, yeah. how would they go about doing that? Um, yeah, I you know. You can email office at c3hays.com and just let us know you want to be baptized. But if you have, you know, questions about it or you like to talk about it a little bit more, you can, you know, grab a, a pastor or a staff member at at a service or shoot an email to one of the one of us or stop by the welcome center in a on a weekend service and you know, we love to talk through things. If there's things that you're either struggling with in it or if you're um or if you're just questioning whether or not you should, um, we'd love to just talk with you about that and, and support you um, through that. But if you're if you're somebody who listened to this and maybe maybe something was confirmed in you that you're ready to take that step, then um, just email the church, email office at c3hays.com and and say I'm ready to be baptized. And and the next time that we we have baptisms, we'll get you get you on that list and um, and and get that taken care of. That'd be awesome. Exactly. You know to to end, this is just another reminder of the life that Jesus offers. You know, in the Gospel of John, it says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life to the full. And we we exist as a church because we believe that life to the full is only found within the family of God. Yes. So we we ask and we hope and we pray that if this is in any way a resource to you that helps you to feel like 
I, I can belong to the family of God, then mission accomplished, I yeah, suppose. That's, that's the whole goal of this, this podcast, honestly, is how do we talk more about who we are and what we're doing and, and, and why we're doing it so that we can grow together and become stronger as a family. We love you, church. Yep. Have a good one. See you.